Welcome to episode 73 of the Wiccan Read-Along podcast. This is your host, Phoenix the Reader. It's Sunday, February 24th, 2019, and the moon is currently waning. This week, we're beginning chapter four of The Spiral Dance, A Rebirth of the Ancient Religion of the Great Goddess by Starhawk. Chapter four, Creating Sacred Space. Between the Worlds the casting of the circle. The room is lit only by flickering candles at each of the cardinal points. The coveners stand in a circle, their hands linked. With her athame, her consecrated knife, unsheathed, the priestess steps to the altar and salutes sky and earth. She turns and walks to the eastern corner, followed by two coveners, one bearing the chalice of salt water the other the smoldering incense. They face the east. The priestess raises her knife and calls out, Hail, guardians of the watchtowers of the east, powers of air. We invoke you and call you golden eagle of the dawn, star seeker, whirlwind, rising sun, come. By the air that is her breath, send forth your light. Be here now. As she speaks, she traces the invoking pentagram in the air with her knife. She sees it glowing with a pale blue flame, and through it feels a great onrush of wind, sweeping across a high plain lit by the first rays of dawn. She breathes deeply, drawing in the power, then earths it through her knife, which she points to the ground. As she sprinkles water three times, the first covener cries out, With salt and water, I purify the east. The second covenor draws the invoking pentagram with incense, saying, With fire and air, I charge the east. The priestess, knife held outward, traces the boundaries of the circle. She sees it take shape in her mind's eye as they continue to each of the four directions, repeating the invocation, the purification, and the charging. Hail, Guardians of the watchtowers of the south, powers of fire, we invoke you and call you, red lion of the noon heat, flaming one, summer's warmth, spark of life, come. By that fire that is her spirit, send forth your flame, be here now. Hail, guardians of the watchtowers of the west, powers of water, We invoke you and call you, serpent of the watery abyss, rainmaker, gray-robed twilight, evening star. By the waters of her living womb, send forth your flow. Be here now. Hail, guardians of the watchtowers of the north, powers of earth, cornerstone of all power. We invoke you and call you, lady of the outer darkness, Black bull of midnight, north star, center of the whirling sky. Stone, mountain, fertile field, come. By the earth that is her body, send forth your strength. Be here now. The priestess traces the last link of the circle, ending in the east. Again she salutes sky and earth turns and touches the tip of her athame to the central cauldron and says, The circle is cast. We are between the worlds, beyond the bounds of time, 
where night and day, birth and death, joy and sorrow meet as one. The second covenor takes a taper to the south point candle and with it lights candles in the central cauldron and on the altar, saying, The fire is lit, the ritual is begun. They return to the circle. The first covenor smiles at the person on her left and kisses her or him, saying, In perfect love and perfect trust. The kiss is passed around the circle. The unfolding of God involves the creation of new space in which women are free to become who we are. Its center is on the boundary of patriarchal institutions. Its center is the lives of women who begin to liberate themselves toward wholeness. Entry into the new space also involves entry into new time. The center of the new time is on the boundary of patriarchal time. It is our lifetime. It is whenever we are living out of our own sense of reality, refusing to be possessed, conquered, and alienated by the linear, measured out, quantitative time of the patriarchal system. Mary Daly. In witchcraft, we define a new space and a new time whenever we cast a circle to begin a ritual. The circle exists on the boundaries of ordinary space and time. It is between the worlds of the seen and unseen, of flashlight and starlight consciousness, a space in which alternate realities meet, in which the past and future are open to us. Time is no longer measured out. It becomes elastic, fluid, a swirling pool in which we dive and swim. The restrictions and distinctions of our socially defined roles no longer apply. Only the rule of nature holds sway, the rule of Isis who says, what I have made law can be dissolved by no man. Within the circle, the powers within us, the goddess and the old gods are revealed. Casting the circle is an enacted meditation. Each gesture we make, each tool we use, each power we invoke resonates through layers of meaning to awaken an aspect of ourselves. The outer forms are a cloak for inner visualizations so that the circle becomes a living mandala in which we are centered. When we cast a circle, we create an energy form, a boundary that limits and contains the movements of subtle forces. In witchcraft, the function of the circle is not so much to keep out negative energies as to keep in power so that it can rise to a peak. You cannot boil water without putting it in a pot, and you cannot raise power effectively unless it is also contained. Leading the circle during the ritual is discouraged because it tends to dissipate the energy, although cats and very small children seem to pass across without disturbing the force field. Adults usually cut a gate in pantomime with an athame should they need to leave the circle before the ritual is ended. The casting of the circle is the formal beginning of the ritual, the complex cue that tells us to switch our awareness into a deeper mode. In ritual, we suspend disbelief, just as we do when watching a play. We allow the critical and analytical functions of talking self to relax so that younger self may respond fully and emotionally to what happens. Younger self, as we have seen, 
responds best to actions, symbols, tangibles. So this change in consciousness is acted out using a rich array of tools and symbols. In the permanent stone circles of the megalithic era, where rituals were enacted for hundreds of years, great reservoirs of power were built up. Because the stones defined the sacred space, there was no need to draw out the circle as we do. The form of circle casting most witches use today probably originated during the burning times when meetings were held secretly indoors and it became necessary to create a temple in a simple hut. Witches may have taken over some forms from Kabbalists. It is said that witches often harbored Jews from Christian persecution and that they exchanged knowledge. I must admit that while witches in general like to believe this is true, Jews don't seem to have heard of it, or if they have, aren't advertising the fact. Before any ritual, there is always a period of purification during which participants can clear away worries, concerns, and anxieties that may hamper their concentration. Some covens simply aspirs, sprinkle, each member with salt water while casting the circle. At very large rituals, this is the only practical method, but for small groups and important workings, we use a more intensive meditative exercise called the salt water purification. Salt and water are both cleansing elements. Water, of course, washes clean. Salt preserves from decay and is a natural disinfectant. The ocean, the womb of life, is salt water, and so are tears, which help us purify the heart of sorrow. Let's leave off there in Chapter 4 of The Spiral Dance by Starhawk. Next time, we'll continue this chapter on creating sacred space. If you'd like to send me an email, I'm at phoenixthereader at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can find me at Wiccan Podcast. If you'd like to donate to help me cover the cost of books and my monthly SoundCloud subscription, please visit gofundme.com slash wicca. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you so much for listening to the Wiccan Read-Along podcast. This is Phoenix the Reader signing out. Blessed be.